You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It's good to be back with you. Today, we have Amy Carney back on the podcast, and you actually can go back and listen to episode 12 to hear our first conversation about raising adults. Today, we're going to talk about the four technology battles parents must fight with their kids. Amy is married and the mother of five. She is a lifestyle blogger and an author of a book, The The Fail-Proof Family. And she has been featured on Today.com, Sisters in Sports, Parent Map, I Love to Watch You Play Too, and of course, the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you back on. So one reason I am thrilled to have you back on the podcast is because you are a champion for parenting with purpose, which is one of the main reasons we've created this podcast. So I feel like I'm going to answer the question in the question, but (laughs) what motivates you to inspire parenting with purpose? Oh, I just um, think society and culture (laughs) um, will dictate, you know, the direction for our kids if we don't sit down and kind of figure out our plan and parent with purpose. We don't want to lose our kids to what everyone else's ideals are. And we need to figure out what our own ideals are in our family and kind of parent purposely to that. Yeah, seriously. It's so good. Well, let's connect the dots here and let's talk about parenting with purpose when it comes to technology. So you wrote this article a couple of months ago and in the article, you talk about the four technology battles parents must fight with their kids. And you say, We must engage in the battles that come along with allowing our kids the privilege of today's technology. So from your vantage point, what is at stake when it comes to technology and our kids? Oh, boy, I think there's a lot at stake um, when it comes to technology and our kids, um, because once we hand them these handheld screens, all of a sudden we start to see them lose their creativity, Mm. um, their time. Uh, you know, their face-to-face relationships, they start to lose empathy. Um, not only do they um, lose all these these uh, valuable things, but they are starting to lose brain cells mm. um, scientifically. And then we also see them, our kids are losing um, self-control. They're not able to, um, to necessarily manage because these phones are made um, to addict them. Mm. And it's becoming a huge problem. These, these handheld devices, these iPhones are addicting. Yeah. And, um, what's at stake too, is that our kids are, have access to this world of pornography and awful Mm -hmm. things that we were never exposed to at such an early age. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I had this moment of realization. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast myself and, They were talking about the addictive nature of social media, and I was really impacted myself. And I thought, what am I modeling to my kids that something is controlling me? And I mean, when we talk about, you know, this, our our faith and how it influences us, even in the scriptures, we're told that we're to let the spirit of God control our lives and, and nothing else. And so in that balance, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've let technology take control over what I do and dictate my time, my attention, my relationship. So, uh, so, so true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're all battling, um, mm-hmm. that balance yes. as adults or children. So like yeah. you said, it's super important how we're modeling mm-hmm. our usage and, and, um, 
how we communicate that to our children. Yeah, and it's good that you bring up the point. This is a battle that we have to fight too, not just with our kids, but for ourselves as well. Right, right. So when it comes to give, giving kids the privilege of using technology, it's not the privilege of total and unsolicited freedom. So what role and responsibility should parents take when it comes to the use of technology? Well, I think we need to remember as parents, we need to always lead the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as parents, we need to, to lead and not become victim um, to the technology. It's us to, it's up to us to kind of figure out and name, name and claim our boundaries yeah. when it, in our family when it comes to technology. Um, and we also, like we just talked about, we, we've got to model healthy behaviors to our children before we can even begin to try and implement guardrails and boundaries. If we don't have them for ourselves, there's no way we're going to be able to implement them with our kids. Mm, seriously. Yeah. Well, I have a kind of a, an aside question here because I've heard different things, <laughs> but you have a couple teenagers, so you're kind of in the midst of it, but 13 yeah, four. years, four, <laughs> not just a few. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a handful. A yes. <laughs> so 13 years old seems to be a consistent recommendation I hear as the earliest time to give a child their own phone. What are your thoughts on that? What have you read? What have you heard? I, yeah, that's a big conversation going on right now. What is a appropriate age? I mean, there's um, even a group in Colorado that's trying to pass that as law right mm. now that, um, mm. you know, that kids shouldn't be able to purchase a phone or their parents purchase one for them before 13. But, um, that is exa- the age exactly what we were kind of shooting for to give our kids phones. And, um, our, our sons were actually 14 mm-hmm. and going into eighth grade. Okay. And our daughter was a little on the, she was 12, um, on the verge mm. of 13. So I just think that should be the, um, kind of the low end mm-hmm. of, of the spectrum. I mean, we were even thinking of holding off until they were actually going to drive or be gone. Hmm. But as you, as your kids get older, you see, I mean, everyone has, the, yeah. has these, then how do you balance letting, you know, letting them have it and be a part of this whole thing and, um, yet not let it take over their entire existence. So I do think 13 is a, is a good age to maybe shoot for. It's mm-hmm. kind of, um, there's gotta be some sort of rite of passage. I mean, you know, people, I see kids in elementary school, eight, nine, 10 with phones. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. when are we ever without, when are those, those age kids ever really without us or our parents? And, yeah. um, we just need to be really mindful of what works for our family and why they would need a phone before the age of 13. Yeah, that's good. That's the, that's the point to emphasize is, is not letting the culture dictate what you decide yeah. as a family, but as a family deciding what you are going to do in the culture, amidst the culture. That That is so important. And even yeah. kind of what you referenced earlier about, like there is scientific research coming out about the influence of technology. It's just kind of we're at some of the earlier stages of it. So it doesn't seem as prevalent or public as maybe the influences of caffeine on a, a young child or weightlifting on a developing body, or as we've discovered the influence of alcohol, you know, so we have these things yeah. in place, technology, you know, it sounds like Colorado is kind of getting their act together to go, Whoa, we see some of these things and we probably should put some, some boundaries around it. That's really Absolutely. good. Yeah. yeah. And if you look, um, there's addiction centers that are starting to pop up all over mm. the U S yes. Um, yeah. There's internet rehab centers. If you, uh, there's one in Washington right now where teenage kids are having to go to get a hold of this addiction. And so it's, it's serious. Yeah. Um, so 
we can't give this technology and these privileges to our kids without realizing that it is a serious thing. Yeah. And let me let me plug Amy Carney for a second here, um, because, um, Amy, you have a really you have a really good pulse on these things. You're you are always posting articles like this. I've seen you post the one about uh, technology addiction and I've seen you post about uh, a good suggestion for the age when children are ready for phones. And so you are you do a really good job uh, delivering that information and keeping us up to speed with that. It's really good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it's a huge, huge topic in our parenting today. And we've um, and I just I'm glad to be part of the conversation and helping us be mindful and thinking through why, you know, why and how and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's really helpful. So whenever uh, our kids have access to technology, not just phones, but uh, whether it's phone, tablet, computer, um, you encourage parents to fight at least four battles. And I'd love to just kind of go through these four, and um, I'm going to point them to your blog post, but for you to just kind of uh, describe each of these. And so we'll start with number one. So the first battle is no phones in bedrooms. So my kids don't have phones yet, but I'm a huge fan of this recommendation. So why and how? Okay. Well, I think this is a really simple one, um, Mm -hmm. but one that needs to be, you know, adhered, (laughs) adhered to. So... Um, we feel like our bedrooms are a place to relax and to rest and to kind of regroup. And, um, some kids can't control, control themselves with a device in their mm-hmm. rooms because, um, you know, Instagrams are coming through Snapchats are coming through texts are coming through. And so when you have this little blinking light right next to you, how can you expect a 13 year old, you know, 12 year old, 15 year old kid to ignore that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've just put, put that as a, is a boundary and, and all phones are to be charged out in the living room at night mm. and and they go off to bed and then, you know, they'll be there in the morning, but you can see, I can see, I can look at the phones before I go to bed and you can see kids up, yeah. you know, 11 yeah. o'clock, 12 o'clock, things are coming through at 1 AM and parents have no idea. So this is just a, a boundary to help them, um, have self-control. And, and then it just becomes normal. Yeah. Um, what I will say about that though, um, is 14-year-old girls don't necessarily like to follow the rules. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I equate it to, you know, I, I'll, I'll look, I'll, I'll come. It, we say no phones at all times. This is not just at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she'll be doing her homework back there, and I'll look, and there's no phone out in the living room. So I'll go back there and, mm-hmm. you know, Morgan, you're, you mm-hmm. have your phone in your bedroom. And, okay, so, you know, hand it to me. I, and I kind of equate it to toddlers, how, like, when you're, when you're raising them, you have to kind of keep sitting them, I don't know, you know, in the naughty corner, or mm-hmm. you have to keep telling toddlers over and over what to do. And the same thing is true with our teenagers and keeping phones out of bedrooms or keeping them kind of sticking to the rules. You just got to over and over and over, um, you know, keep reminding them of the rules. Yep. And I just think that's what people, what wears people down and what wears parents down. And they just say, I'll oh, forget it. And mm-hmm. they just give them full access and we can't, get so tired that we, we do that. Yeah. Yeah. For all these battles, resiliency is the name of the game. (laughs) Yeah. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. They don't just, I mean, as teenagers, you know, they're going to, they're going to fight back a little and we just got to keep, keep, um, you know, positively reinforcing why we have these rules and keep making sure they kind of adhere to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate what you said that it's, um, not in bedrooms at all times. I think that's a good clarity because I go right to the the amount of sleep that kids need. And mm-hmm. when they're in a private space with technology, it's easy to, you know, stumble or proactively 
walking into some stuff that they shouldn't be looking at. So Absolutely. to keep it as public as possible, um, not just at night, but during the day as well. Yes. To the yes. best of our ability. So number two is limit data plan. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the unlimited data plan. Um, I know okay. a lot of people are going to that and a lot of people have it. But um, in our family, we would, we want our kids to learn self-control mm-hmm. um, with this. And so with an unlimited data plan, they just have access at all times. And they don't. So we have a family data plan where each child, each of us, actually all of us, are allowed three gigs each of data. Okay. And if you use that up before then, then your phone is shut down for the rest of the month until mm-hmm. the you know, the cycle runs over. And so when you're Snapchatting in the car on your way to soccer mm. practice, um, that those gigs go pretty quickly. And yeah. so we've seen, we've seen, you know, and then, um, and our kids, you know, they, they would get, they would kind of go over the minutes and then they would beg, well, let us just pay for the overage or, you know, we can try to work deals, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of, kind of our thing. And then they see what it feels like to, you know, okay, to, to learn, to manage that a little better and that they don't, they can't be on Wi-Fi at all times. And, and they kind of learn to manage their usage. And so for us, I really like having a limited data plan, even though it's more work for us, Sure. Um, because it helps them manage, um, their usage. And then our goal is for when they leave our home, when they're 18 and they're going off to college, that they can then decide if, if that's important to them to have an unlimited data plan and they want to use their money toward that, then they can. Mm-hmm. So they'll know what it feels like to have not had them, you know, not to be limited in their data and then they can make a decision when they're a young adult, if that's something that's important to them or something that they, you know, feel they, they can still kind of go on that path that we set for them. Yeah. Well, this ties into what you're out to do when it comes to parenting with purpose is you're not just out here to limit data plans. You are out to help (laughs) train and develop adults. You know, as exactly. they grow and learn, like you said, you said manage their time, but it also the, the discipline that life requires, you know, to be able yes. to thrive. So you're giving them some good tools in learning how to navigate how many gigs they have and how much time they can use it. That's, I that's, hope so. That's good. Yep. So, well, at least yeah. feel the burn of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because if we give them ever access to everything now, they're never going to mm. know how to go backwards on that when they're young adults. Yeah. You know, I want them to, to know, to know the difference. Yeah. Well, let's move on to number three, which is check texts and social media accounts periodically. And I think everyone listening feel the tension between freedom and trust with this one. So how do you navigate that? And what does it look like practically? Yeah, this is, um, a tough one. I think for a lot of people, because I, I have friends who say, you know, they feel like, well, where's the basements today? You know, like the, we used to have basements where we could go hang with friends and it was yeah. private or whatever. And so some people say they don't check their kids' phones because it's kind of um, their version of their diary or their mm-hmm. basement. Well, absolutely not. It's nothing even close to being the same. Yeah. And I was so happy because I went to a talk last month with a uh, police detective here and she reiterated that it is, you have to check in on your kids' phones, whether, I mean, it is not private. I mean, nothing on that device is, should be private when they're, um, in our home and of young age, mm-hmm. there's too many da- dangerous things going on. Um, I do not check my kids' phones daily. I don't even, I don't, I don't even, couldn't even tell you maybe when the last time I did, mm-hmm. but I do need access to the phone anytime. So we have to, we, um, they're required to give us their password so that we could get in anytime we wanted to. Um, and, but mostly what I would do is if my kids are 
sitting around on it, I'll just kind of plop down next to them and oh, show me what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. You know, show me your Instagram and then we'll kind of scroll through it. And, and then it actually just kind of, um, builds a trust and they, but they also know that I'm watching that I care. Mm-hmm. I care what they're doing. Um, we can have conversation about what's appropriate, what's not. And, you know, I, I was laughing with my son one time we were kind of scrolling through and I'm like, Cole, you, you like that? Why did you like that? Mm-hmm. I, that's inappropriate or, you know, I don't know. And then it just brings real conversation to the parent child relationship. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, um, when I'm saying check their phones, it's not a big secrecy thing. You know, they go to bed and you're just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, have, uh, no, I, I have a wife. I don't, but, um, I mean, I know some people do do that and maybe you do need to do that if your kids are involved in something, um, mm-hmm. you know, but the main thing I think is to have access to their phones that they know that, that you can go on anytime and that you do care enough to, um, help them navigate this because there's, they're just not, old enough or mature enough to really handle it all on their own. And we're, and as parents, we're supposed to be guiding them through, through life. And this is just one other area that we're to guide them. Yep. Absolutely. Well, good. That's helpful. And then number four is devices are not guests at the dinner table. This is a really good one. And what's the win behind this battle? Oh, it's funny. Cause my, my son read this when, um, after I wrote it and he said, people actually bring their phones to the dinner table. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I said, well, I guess so. I think, they yep. do. I think it's just, standard you set up in your home, there is no way that we would have the conversations we have, the laughs we have, the tears mm, we have at the dinner table. That's good. If we all had our phones sitting next to us, right? I mean, um, it's just, it's just this easy standard. I think that to set in your home, that that's a sacred space for our family. And that's where, you know, I mean, it's rare for a family to even be sitting down to dinner. So, um, no matter if my kids are sitting alone at breakfast, we don't, allow mm-hmm. phones in that space. Yeah. Um, and when we go out to restaurants and there's no phones to be in that space, yeah. um, and just teaching them that real conversation brings real relationship. That's good. Yeah. One of the things that we try to emphasize at our church is that, that one of the wins for family is presence and it's, yes. it's attention and, um, undistracted presence with them, being fully present to, to, to each other. And I think this is uh, definitely a, a helpful uh, battle or useful, appropriate battle for them to have to capture that presence that will be gone, you know, once the kids Absolutely. graduate and move on. So let's not let that be a regret um, in, the, in that yes. space. So. Well, these yes. are these are simple and they're brilliant. They really are, but they're still battles. So, where should parents begin if they haven't given their kids technology yet, or if they need to start fighting these battles if their kids are already have been using it? All right, awesome. Well, if you haven't given your kids te- kids technology yet, like yourself, hold off as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't even say maybe for technology because our kids had iPads for a couple years, you know, a few years before we gave them phones yeah. to start navigating. Um, because I do think, you know, it's good to start navigating Instagram or whatever, whatever it is that they want to do. Mm-hmm. So they start learning how to do that in your home. Um, the good thing about, you know, the iPads is without the Wi-Fi, you can't really take that with you, um, and use it. So I would say start, start there and start letting them, you know, mm-hmm. um, play around with that. And then what else I would say even if you haven't given them technology or if you have start reading, start researching, start following, um, sites. I, some of the sites that I love, um, common sense media is a a great one, um, to follow and start reading, um, 
follow screenagers. I really believe in their documentary and what they're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one. It's called access.org. And they have a fri- uh, Friday, they send out a culture translator and it's all the different apps that are coming out and oh, how to navigate good. this whole thing. So if you haven't given technology or you have, start kind of getting aware. But just start reading what's out there. See what resonates with you. Watch for watch your friends. See what they're doing. Um, and, you know, and that's kind of how you, oh, I don't really want to do that with my family or that's a great idea. Just start seeing what resonates with you and what you want to implement mm-hmm. in your home. And then I would say design a contract um, for sure. Even if your kids have technology and you haven't done that, I would kind of stop, you know, regroup and kind of write out your expectations or your rules or your boundary, whatever it is. Just um, we did this before we gave our kids phones and it was so funny. I mean, we sat around and really laughed, but we had honestly, I think three pages of, of uh, <laughs> rules and, stuff. and it's on my blog. So you can okay. find that thing. But, okay. um, but it was meant to be, a, it's meant to be a connective time just, um, you know, and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were okay. Yep. Check, check, sign, just give me the phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we did have some funny conversations and it's, it's also just showing them that we care that, that we are giving them this privilege, um, with, you know, being, being mindful in the process. And then one time we did, um, need to reprint out this, the cell phone contract because we seen one of our kids were kind of missing, uh, they were kind of pushing the envelope on several of the things. So we kind of printed it out, had them highlight which things they weren't really adhering to. And then we talked about it and how we're going to try and, you know, change things. And then we've even changed the contract since we first did it okay. because they've, um, you know, they're getting older and so they get more privileges and when there's been trust and we've not had any issues. So it's just, I read something this week actually about, we don't need contracts with our kids. And I agree with that. It's not a, it's not a business contract. It's yeah. just stating everyone knows what the expectations are. And it's easier if it's written out because teenagers will say, well, you never, you never said that, or I never mm-hmm. heard that oh, really, because here it is. And, and it's just to keep conversation going. It's not, you know, it's, I don't know, it's not a threat or it's not yeah. some big serious thing. It's just, like I said, just to keep conversation and trust going within the family. So yeah, that, that is really good. The, the expectations, just clarify expectations and put them somewhere so you can revisit them. I know myself, I'm going to forget the expectations. My, my kids may <laughs> hold me to the expectations, but I'm going to forget them. <laughs> but it, the, the principle is boundaries and guardrails. Keep them, yes. keep them on the road and keep them, yes. keep, it, keep it healthy. That's good. Yeah, Thank you for sharing those other links as well. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just think it's important to share resources when, you know, we see positive um, things that can help us because like I said, we're all new to this. So, um, yeah. any good advice or wisdom we can get, we should share it with each other. Mm, definitely. Well, do you have any final advice or encouragement to our parents as we wrap this up? Well, I would just say just to always remember, um, our kids are ours to guide while they're in our home and our goal should be to raise healthy adults. Yeah. Um, who view technology as just a part of their life and not something that consumes their life. Yeah. And so, um, but we must remember that we, we first have to model healthy usage and boundaries ourselves, or it's going to be impossible, um, to do that with our kids. So it's nice because it, it holds us accountable too. And I think another thing, there are some wonderful, wonderful things to technology. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've got some great, you know, family texts going around. We Snapchat I, when, when we're apart, we can, 
I Snapchat with my kids just mm. to stay relevant. Um, and and I think about it like I think about you and I would not be on this podcast if there were no That's technology. Right. That's right. Um, so, so we do talk about the positives too in our home with um, what we can gain as you know as well as point out the negatives. So um, it's just balancing it. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate all that you have shared, you know, not just on this podcast and taking the time, but you keep us up to speed. And so I want to continue to uh, push our parents towards some of the material that you're sending out there, whether it's your blog or your Facebook page, but how can parents uh, connect with you through those platforms? And then I would love for you to share a little bit about your uh, book coming out um, this fall. Awesome. Well, you can easily connect with me um, by signing up for my newsletter on amycarney.com. Okay. And then Facebook, I'm on Instagram, um, but Facebook would be mostly where I, um, you know, share what, what knowledge and wisdom I come across. Mm-hmm. But my book has now kind of taken a turn. I've got a new publisher I'm working with, an editor, and it's now called The Fall Proof Family. So it's based on, if you can picture the cover, is a Jenga game. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, a stacked up Jenga game. And I don't know if you know, but Jenga is 18 layers. So when it's fully built, it's 18 layers. And my book is based on um, parenting from the end. So looking at your your child as an 18-year-old-ish, walking out your door, mm. and what do you want that to look like? And yeah. what do you want them armored with as they walk out into the, to the real world? And then helping parents set up a plan um, to reach their goals in that. Yeah. Very good. Well, can't wait for it to come out. And uh, so. uh, I'll check it out and I'll read it and um, I will definitely promote that thing. So can't wait. Well, um, Amy, thanks again for your time and sharing your advice and insight with the parents of Forest Hill Church. Let me say a prayer as we finish up. Great. Heavenly Father, um, you have made the world such a wonderful place. And I think technology is a part of that, and it's how we use it is really what kind of determines uh, quality, health, uh, vitality of our lives and our family. And I pray that we will use it in line with with you and in line with the scriptures or in line with your spirit in, in us, but that would be wise. And even though the Bible doesn't have really anything to say about technology uh, when it comes to what we're using today, uh, the principles are... Uh, time-tested, and they're very useful and helpful to today. But I also thank you for people like Amy who helped to filter through and champion this and the courage that uh, she and her family demonstrate is kind of stepping out and saying, we're going to be a family on purpose, and we're going to help our kids navigate um, this crazy world and to find the wonder and the beauty in it as we connect relationally, as we connect spiritually, and ultimately as we live in this world to make it a better place. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit forresthill.org.